everybody. This is Amy Mothersmith. I'm one of the associate directors for the Office of Supportive Services, which houses both HEOP or the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program and TRIO Student Support Services. I guess we'll go around the table. We'll introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm Joanna Spitzner. I'm a associate professor in the School of Art and affiliate faculty. I don't know. I'm involved with senses and I'm really enjoying being part of the project. You're one of our faculty partners. Oh, I'm a faculty partner <laughs> of senses. Uh, and we, we have a special guest today. And so how we got here was uh, the Office of Supportive Services recently moved from 804 University Avenue to Steel Hall. And it was a massive um, endeavor to move a lot of stuff. And in our new home, we get to know the new people in our quote unquote neighborhood. And so, and in Steel, we've worked a lot with our building manager, Phil. Phil Benedict, um, I work for Facility Services. Uh, I've been with the university 40 years. Um, I coach the boxing team and um, teach uh, women's self-defense. Awesome. Can I ask you something? Sure. Do you remember an artist named Castles? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, they were really cool. I, I, I really liked them. They took me boxing when uh, they were here. Oh, do you have a barn out in... Yes. Oh, I went there once what? with Castles and another person. Oh my God, you were there? Yeah. I don't recognize you. I don't either. It's so oh funny. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. That was we like... We had a great time and, and they were just amazing. And um, Castles knew that I my... my old school type of dinosaur guy and it was so tough for me to understand and um which but they were like you want to say she but they were very um supportive and helping me and it was amazing it was a great workout too so i was like yeah let's do this more and more so so castles is a artist who often works in performance and uses their body um one piece i'm not going to remember the title I think it's called a moment in time, but there was a big slab of clay and the audience was in the dark and there was a photographer and they like would kind of punch and wrestle with the clay and the photographer would take photos. And when he, the flash went off, that's when the audience could see what was happening. But then the clay was kind of this, it had all these marks of being beaten and worked on. And it, and it was sort of a meditation on like violence against trans bodies and so, but they're an amazing artist and really. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I got invited down to the, um, their first, um, major show down in Philadelphia. She asked me if I could come down. So I did. Yeah. It, was, it was great. It was yeah. just super amazing. And I'm, I'm 100% support. And, and I do that in, in my classes too. I, I explain that, you know, people are, are just people. That's not yeah. anyone or anything. We're here to train and, you know, yeah. I, I train everybody the same way. So. Yeah, it was very inspirational and very moving for me to, to get to know them. And it was, I, I'm hoping I can catch up with them again, them again. They cast, like they they had made a mold of that clay. And then here at SU, we have a foundry. So they cast it in bronze. And then it was in an exhibition in Philadelphia. So students were involved. But why they were here, they connected with Phil and was doing boxing. And I love, that was like a hard, I don't think I could do, I'm not as in good a shape as I was then, but I really love that workout. We, we it was like hard. both. It was like everything. Like you have to think, and your body's just like 
doing all these things. And yeah, you almost yeah, they had gave me the, converted. They gave, the, they gave the name um, to the to it. Um, it's called the you know um, Phil's Boxing Barn now. So yeah, <laughs> I've, I've kept the name, and I I just enjoy. Um, I stay up on the page. You must know they, Iona. Is that- really good friends. Actually, she wants me to come out to um, to where she is. Um, I'm drawing a blank on where she lives. Yeah, it's in Eastern Europe. Yeah. She, she was a grad student here, but on the women's, on the boxing team. Yeah, she was part she of was, the women's boxing team. She, she was, was good. good. She was very good. And boy, you couldn't stop her for anything, no matter, even when the refs wanted to stop it. it was, I'm all right, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Iona. She's amazing. So hopefully I can afford to go see her. Yeah. I did promise her if she ever got married, I'd come out and, oh. and be there. So. so you have so many stories. Yeah, well, you know, you've been on the planet for as long as I have, I guess. Can, can you talk a little bit? I want to keep you on the boxing track a little yeah, bit. How totally. did you get started in boxing? Um, I started training um, with defensive stuff back when I was like 12. Um, it was right after I saw my first Bruce Lee movie and I said, Oh, I want to be that guy. And, um, I started, um, informal training with some, you know, friends that I knew that, that did the karate. And then, um, I started formal training with, um, Frank Van Letten's group, um, CNY martial arts and, um, moved up through the ranks and then, um, went into service and, um, finished my training overseas and, um, Got hooked up with the wrestling and boxing club on base. Wrestling was because I did wrestling when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at it, so <laughs> the boxing was an offer offered me another avenue. And lo and behold, I took to that like a fish takes to water, which drew the attention of other organizations. And so, you know, did you find that like boxing just was a place to kind of release oh that God, energy yeah. and um, kind of focus yourself? Or, yeah, yeah, I mean. Um, one being known on base, you know, yeah. and, you know, it was tough to go out because you always had some clown, you know, thinking that they were a tough guy. And um, I started use, using that as a um, training tool, you know, like when I learned a new technique, I would never use it in the ring until I applied it in the real world. <laughs> and lo and behold, I had plenty of people that were willing to just test out those theories. <laughs> So yeah, I had um, I had a lot of good friends in the uh, security um, department that looked out for me, you know. But um, yeah, I was um, I was a vicious. I, I mean, I don't I don't want to say it like it's bad, but I was very vicious when I I mean I when I got into the ring, I, I really felt like it was a death match. That you know this guy was trying to kill me, so I was like huh? really intense with it, and. Um, you know, I try to apply that to the, you know, when I teach um, people, the, the, my specialty is uh, close quarter uh, combat, um, urban suppression. You know, okay. I, I, I pride myself on being the guy that takes you into the most darkest places mm-hmm. and then survive it. And um, when I do it, um, you know, like with the ladies, you know, and stuff like that, it's, it's, there's nothing guaranteed. It's it's survival. And um, somehow I'm able to relate that to everyone. Hmm. Must be a gift. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, um, it's important. And I, I, I really love it. And I'm really good at it. You know, yeah, I'm modest too. You know. how, how many years were you in the service? Um, 15. 
And how many matches did you fight as in boxing? Or? I have 63 matches under my belt wow. and um, one tie. And how, how did you get into teaching self-defense? When I got out of the service and I got, I got on to the sheriff's department here in Onondaga County for a couple of years, when I went through basic training, um, the academy, um, word got out of my extracurriculum activities. So I had a lot of people testing my, whether it was true or not. And then, um, you know, people heard about it. And when I left the sheriff's department and came back to SU, public safety department, um, you know, the higher ups knew and they had started the RAD program. And um, what's the RAD program? Um, it's basically teaching you to be ready okay. to defend. Okay. The kids wanted more than just, you know, a dummy in front of them. Right. And they wanted to be more um, intense. So they recommended, you know, well, you should call this guy because. We, we know a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we know somebody that's really intense, but we'll, we go. Go, we'll go with yeah. bad. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started teaching and doing um, um, workshops. And um, the opening came for actually as an adjunct. Um, teaching accredited class and mm-hmm. I applied and the people were apprehensive the the ladies the director and everybody that ran the program because they had had a, a male instructor before and um, he was unique um, he had told the ladies in class that he was going to go around um, and attack them out on the quad or something and I'm like yeah, so you can imagine what they were looking at me. and um, But they gave me a shot, and um, they came down and reviewed, and um, they brought me in, and they said, um, you're a little intense, and your language is unique. And so I explained to them, I go, well, last time I checked, um, that's how they talk out on the street when they're trying to intimidate you. And I do. It's... it's it, I do a disclaimer at the beginning of the class. I said, you know, we're all adults here and you're going to hear some really colorful language. But um, it goes both ways. I mean, there's key words that you can say to a male that's just going to put them back because, you know, they see a young, you know, attractive, petite female tell them that they're going to take their groin and stuff it in places they don't want to be stuck, you know, show them things that they don't want to see. Um, it puts them back. And that's all you need to get away. That split second, you take them off their game. And um, I will brag, I got a 5-0 and rate your professor. All right. <laughs> yeah, I heard that was really important and good. I had no idea about it. Now, I, me and technology, you know, I, I do enough to get in trouble, you know. Are you, are you still teaching, giving workshops? No, they um, changed the program. Okay. The School of Ed changed the program around. So it's over in, um, with uh, the Arch. Okay. And um, I'm working with them over there because they've been wanting me to do a uh, workshop for years. I just didn't have the time. And then the NVRC, the National Veterans mm-hmm. Resource Center, has set up something that they want to do a workshop. And um, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I, it's important. And, and you know, I, I truly feel that, you know, nobody should be a victim. And if I have anything to say about it, they won't. And... Um, True story, um, I had a student get a hold of me at the beginning of the semester, said that she was uh, coming out of uh, Walgreens in Pennsylvania, and she said a guy grabbed her and tried to force her into a car. Mm-hmm. And she said the only thing that went through her mind is my constant telling her, you know, punch, kick, 
run. And she said she did it. And she clobbered this guy. She said she, he didn't know what hit him. And she ran like a crazy woman screaming. And um, I was very proud of her. That's you know? great. Yeah, no, I was, mm-hmm. I tell him, I hope I never have to hear about you guys having to use this. I want to hear about you guys changing the world. And that's that's where I am. I want I want everybody to feel safe, you know. And the training that I do is is hopefully helping that, you know. So if someone wanted to take a workshop, they should look at the Barnes and the, the uh, NVRC. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah. Okay. They want to do it. Yeah. Right. They, they're both organizations right. have me, have my name, and know that I'm, I'm more than willing to, to do it. And okay. It's fun. I mean, you know, I, I have, I'm not your average professor or I don't know how you would call a bad junk. I don't know what you would call me. You know, I love the fact that I could, you know, say, yeah, I teach credited class at Syracuse Sorry. University. I'm somebody who <laughs> <can> wear shoes. <laughs> I just love how your arc is like, you talk about how when you were younger and the role violence has played in your life. And, and it's interesting how it's like been a skill that's taken you places. And now you're using your knowledge to help people feel safe um how do i put my early life only because i've been on the planet a long time um we didn't have a lot um it was hard I mean, it was very hard growing up from a divorced family um it was not not good um military gave me focus military gave me skill and um you know it, it, it's it's myself trying to redevelop myself and in, in being you know uh, an active and um, productive member of society. And, you know, I, maybe it's that whole, this whole superhero thing that we're doing now, you know, I'm, I'm working for good. <laughs> um, you truly are. You I, I, I I just think it's important. And, and, and you know, I've never, I mean, I got bullied when I was a kid. That's why I kind of really turned towards the, you know, the martial arts and the boxing. And, you know, when I was like, you know, dominating, you know, I mean, when I did the golden gloves here, I, I, it was disheartening and, and turned me off to it because I was being used as a draw. People want to come and see a violent, what they call a good fight. Mm-hmm. But that's why um, MMA is so yeah, it's popular. Kind of, it's, it's, it's I was a, wondering it's, what you thought about MMA. It's, it's a violent sport. Yeah. I was an idiot at 40-something trying it. And um, it is a young man's sport. Um, I gave myself a pat on the back as well as a dislocated elbow. Um, Ouch to um well the really funny part about it is is that the individual didn't realize that you know this idiot me has a super high tolerance of pain he put me in an arm bar and he dislocated the elbow it popped like i mean sorry you want me to stop (laughs) we're we're both having visceral reactions we're both like (laughs) sorry (laughs) no it's okay so what he did is he let go but the Uh, ref hadn't stopped the fight yet so i pulled my arm up and and popped it back in and started wailing on him and they stopped the fight because he was like, wait, <laughs> what happened? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. You know, how did this all turn the wrong way? You know, I'm like, you know, and I've done it, you know, in the ring where, um, you know, you hear a story. Um, so we went to a smoker, it was a Marine smoker boxing match. And, um, I was one of the known fighters. So it actually was the Slough games. It's, it's just in Slough, England. England. And, that's where the office takes place, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, they get this guy, and, and I'm, I swear to God, as, as I climbed into the ring and I'm sitting there, I could hear his hands hitting the steps 
as he walked up. I mean, this guy was a gorilla. I mean, this guy was, he climbs into the ring. He's like 6'4", 170 pounds of just hulking muscle. And I'm just a skinny guy sitting over there. So I turned to my coach. He goes, hit him first because he's going to kill you. That was his advice. Hit him first because he's going to kill you. He's going to beat you to death. And oh I'm like, God. you got to work on your bedside manner. <laughs> your pep talks aren't quite what they used to be. <laughs> so I, um, I did. I went out there and I hit him first with my best punch. And it pissed him off. And he proceeded to just beat me oh my God. mercilessly. I don't know if you've ever seen when the TV go out and get that snow going across. Yeah. He hit me with a straight right. And that's what happened. And I knew I was done. And I'm trying to clear my head as I can feel my knees buckling. I'm trying to clear my head and I see him. He's just leaning back to hit me again with his right. He's got, it's like over the top of his head. And I'm like, I just threw whatever, all I had in my left. And um, don't remember much after the punch. All I know is I heard the bell, you know, ding, 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 ding. And um, I saw him over in the corner with all of his guys. You know, they're all like, you know, come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, I was like, you know, beep. Oh man, I got knocked out. I didn't even know it. So I come back to my corner and my coach is trying to get me revived and everything like this. And um, I hear the bell again, you know, ding, 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 ding. And I jump up and I go running out. <laughs> and I, I never made the connection that my coach was still in the ring. And I didn't make any connection because, you know, I was half knocked out. And I go running out there and the ref puts his hand on my chest. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to fight. <laughs> Why we're here, remember? And he goes, fight's over. And I'm like, mother beep. <laughs> and I walk back to my corner and I am just so disappointed that I let my team and my coach and everybody down. So I went and um, everybody around the my corner, you know, all the, the, the spectators and everything were calling me names and everything else like that. So they bring us back out, bell rings again, and your winner is, and he raises my hand. Wow. And I'm like, what happened? Wow. And it was explained to me that in that little time period there that I had no idea what was going on, that I had hit him clean into the chin and I sent him reeling back into the corner and he hit the corner and he slid down and that was it that was he was counted out I had no idea it's like this huge win that you don't even I remember have <laughs> no idea and the, what I saw was them trying to pick him up oh, okay and he just couldn't continue oh, my and goodness. so you know they, they gave me the fight and I also found out from my coach that everybody that was around us had bet against me Bastards. <laughs> yeah. Because they saw this skinny little guy and this big giant Hulk, and they were just putting money that I was either going to get knocked out, whatever. Wow. And they all lost and they were mad. And that's what this is what my coach Seriously, is telling me. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jesus, I, I, I love my boxing stories because it makes me feel good. Um, I had one fight, it was at a base against a base. People knew who I was, you know. Can I ask what branch of the military were you? Air Force. Air Force, okay. And this one guy heard about me and he started saying really bad things about me. I didn't even know this dude. He was saying bad things about me, you know, like I was, you know, wimp and and that he was going to destroy me. And it was just, you know, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Anyways, fight came up. I show up, you know, with, you know, my my guys and and, um, he comes out right in front of everybody in the middle of the hallway. He screams at me, goes, oh, good, you showed up. I just look at him like, dude, that's this is all about, you know, the camaraderie We're military. You know, it was it was there was honor to it to me anyways. And I just turned to my friends and I said, I'm going to kill this dude. And uh, so um, 
time for me to come out. I come out, you know, he's already up in the ring doing his jerky dance or whatever it was. And I come walking out. And of course, it's at his base. And so everybody is screaming at me, calling me names. And I'm just focused. And there's one person in this room that I'm going to deal with. And then when I'm done with him, I'll talk to the rest of you. So just amazing how much they, they said to me. And I only had a few of my friends there. And so I get up in the ring and he's doing his thing and the whole, you know, you, you, you and boneheaded stuff. A big mouth. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Too bad he didn't have anything to back it up. Um, yeah. So you know how this story is going to end. <laughs> and um, it ended that way. He came out, threw a punch at me. I hit him, dropped him. I'm standing there waiting for the ref to count him out. Ref's not counting him out. So I step back. He gets up. I drop him again. So by that time, I'm like, I really don't want to hurt this guy because he's a fish. And so, okay. So he gets up. I hit him again. He's got one hand on the ropes, one knee on the ground. I'm standing there looking at him, looking at the ref, looking at him, looking at the ref. And I'm like, I'm done here. So I hit him again. Almost got disqualified. If, he, if, if it wasn't for the fact that he had his hand on the rope, um, I probably would have got disqualified. But I hit him and it was done. He just sunk down into a, you know, kind of like, you know, where your face is on the, your butt's in the air and your face is on there and one hand's over the rope. And it was a pathetic sight. And um, of course, I go back to the corner and I'm I'm playing the ape man. I'm banging on my chest. I'm banging my gloves. I'm screaming and yelling. And the like four or five friends that I had that were all the way in the back of the room, they're all standing up on their chairs screaming my name. And the rest of the place is just quiet because of the viciousness of what sure. I had done. And so raise my hand. I get out. I, I'm walking out. And now I'm looking. I'm watching. I'm looking into the crowd. And I'm waiting for somebody to call me a bad name again. And I'm looking at people directly in the eye and I'm like, I'm not done yet. And nobody said a word. As a matter of fact, it was like dead quiet as I walked out and uh, yeah. And never got asked back again to fight. So yeah, the viciousness. I mean, yeah, you you make a name for yourself. It happened with the golden gloves. I I was, um, I was fighting down in uh, Binghamton and you know, this, this kid just wasn't, he shouldn't have been in there. And um, I was sick that night. I mean, I couldn't breathe. You know, I had a chest cold. And um, by the time I got done with him, I mean, I won the fight easily, um, you know, by points. But I met him in the locker room in the shower. I swear to God, he looked like somebody had run over his face with a truck several times. And I was like, I don't need this. You know, I mean, nobody's paying me to do this to people anymore. Um, Yeah. So that's when I started really deciding that, you know, maybe it's better if I do it this way. Then I got hooked up with, uh, you know, a couple of police academies, training um, peace officers and police officers. And part of my forte, close quarter combat, you know, urban suppression. And I've, I've, right now I'm still, um, so... I was diagnosed with uh, cancer. And the reason why they found it was I went in for my boxing physical um, to get my boxing license because I wanted to box as a, a master's division mm-hmm. boxer over way over 40. So I went in and they did the blood test and he goes, well, you're such and such is up a couple of points. Nothing to be serious. I said, well, that's because I'm old and fat. There's no one. He wouldn't sign my papers until I went and got a biopsy. And I told him, I said, well, they better find cancer or I'm going to come back here and kick up. And um, damn it, they did. So the last three years have been hell. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that boxing, I like to believe boxing has made me a better person and, and what I am. And um, darn it, and it saved my life. Wow. <laughs> Are you in uh, remission now? Or? Um, they cut it out. And um, I'm on my third year waiting. At, I guess the five-year mark is the, the big oh, number. Official. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the big number. Um, Good. And I really like, you know, dealing with other cancer people that, you know, survived and 
So it was prostate cancer. And a couple of my buddies got it. And they didn't have quite the, the luck that I've had. I mean, it, after the operation, everything else had happened, you know, I got, you know, infected and, and sick and, you know, that almost killed me. But um, my buddies have gone through um, the one that, that was that got out of the prostate and he's he's had more operations and chemo and, and radiation. And my other buddy who actually had it cut out like I did, they didn't get it all. And I guess it came back and now he's he's got pancreatic. And oh. yeah, he's they say they caught it quick. So it's. It was one of those things where come down here now, no, no questions, you know, so, you know, seconds mattered and he seems to be doing well. So yeah, it's, and it's I, tough. I, yeah. it's just seeing people and seeing how, and I'm like, that's how I was when I was, you know, in the military and, and whatever particular thing I was doing or when I'm boxing, you know, is that, you know, survival, you step up. And that's what I relay when I'm in my class. And when I'm teaching the, the kids to box, you know, I'm like, you'll become a good boxer as you develop. My job is to make sure you can survive to that point. And the same with uh, self-defense. I mean, yeah, it's going to be awful. No, I don't care how well it goes. I mean, this young lady I talked about earlier, she still has to live with that. The fact that somebody was willing to you know, violate her and, um, she got away, but you know she's got to live with the fact of what could have, you know, what could have, and um, that's why when I teach, I, I give them both sides. I let them know, you know. I mean, as a cop, I I I, I was on scenes of of rape and murder, and, and nobody should go through that. But I want them to know if you go through, you're the victim. You're you are not the person that somebody says, well, you could have, you should, should have fought harder, or punch him in the head, you know. I mean, God. And then I explain to them like, you know, when police ask you these questions. Answer their questions. Don't take it personal. Mm -hmm. The key here is to get this guy and put him away or girl. I mean, it goes both ways. You know, 13 year old can hurt you just as easily as a 20 year old. So and I think that's what where my success comes from. You know, I'm, I'm I make it as realistic as I possibly can. You know, with the language, with the, you know, and, um, you know, in the class, I, I actually, you know, I, I ask for a volunteer and I'll say, here's how quickly it can escalate to being bad. And um, I tell them, as soon as you feel me touch you, no matter what you feel, react. And um, I do it full speed. Actually, one girl had Peter pants. She scared the shit out of her. And sorry, beep. Um, you know, I was behind her and um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to grab you, do something. And stood there for a second and bam. And she didn't know what to do. And I had her in a, um, I had a pretty bad chokehold, lock, let go. And it just scared the living hell out of her. And I go, that's how fast it can happen. Wow. That's why you need to be aware. That's yeah. when I use the take your head out of your butt session, which means put your phones away and pay attention to what's going on around you because you cannot see somebody coming at you with your phone in your face. Right. And I know it's that type of mentality, I guess, or, you know, the phone is the most important thing in the world, you know? And it seems to be, you know, it seems to work. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm very pleased with the ladies. And again, I didn't know about this marking thing, but it's better that they experience that with you first. Like that's their first experience with an attack, not like you're yeah, with an attack than having it happen out on the street. Yeah. They, um, um, even I, though it must be hard, I'm sure it's the word terrifying. of mouth, the word of mouth really spread. My class was like packed and with a long waiting list, which I was you know impressed with myself, but it had a lot to do with the fact that everybody was talking that this was the best thing you could get mm -hmm. to actually being attacked. You know, that yeah. this, this, this guy is so realistic. And then I added the, um, the marshmallow man at the end where I, I, I developed for practical application, martial arts and real life stuff. I developed a suit 
that supposedly would keep me semi-safe from these crazy women that were learning to explain to the individual, right? (laughs) Explain to the individual, this is a bad idea to touch me. And, um, oh, I came out of there. God, I had the blood vessel in my eye broken because they, they broke through the, 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 the viewing and, um, I had, I showed them how to throw, you know, it was an optional thing that I, I showed them, but everybody in the class wanted to throw me. So, you know, the last class I put the suit on, they go, well, can't you put it on more? I said, I can't survive more than once a semester. And, um, they, I usually get the, the, the heck beat out of me. I, I tell them it's full contact. Um, I, I, you know, a couple of rules, you know, if you get me in a hold where you can snap my arm, don't, and don't kick against the joints. I had one girl, she was, you know, smaller than you. I mean, you were talking short, petite, and she just stood there. So I'm like, okay, I'll play macho poop head. And I ran up to her, and she grabbed me by the head and headbutted me. Oh my gosh. And she put everything that she had in her four foot nine frame and sent me to the ground. Wow. And I'm laying there, and I'm like, I pull the, the headgear off and I look at her, I go, did you just effing headbutt me? <laughs> She goes, well, you said we could do that. I said, yeah, in a self-defense situation, every part of your body should be construed as a weapon. Not do it to me. But, you know, they laughed. They loved it. Um, One of the stipulations I do have, they can film it, you know, that last session, but they can't share it. Mm -hmm. And um, I got to say that that, that it just shows that they had a lot of respect for what I'm doing because it never, ever made it to the to the web. Right. They kept it for themselves. I get calls from the parents go, is this you getting your out of you by my daughter? <laughs> How do you know that? She showed me the video. And this last class was great because there was a couple of really good kids in there that were really hyped up about it. And they brought their own music. Like when they came out, you know, I'm standing there in the suit and one came out and um, the Darth Vader. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, she comes da, da. out to that and I'm like, what? And then next thing I know, she's, you know, I'm like, go. And, oh, my God, I got racked. <laughs> oh, my. And then, you know, a couple of them had that kind of stuff. And, like, one had the Rocky tune. And, oh, my God. But I love it because it shows that they're really into it. And mm-hmm. I, I know that they're going to go out there and, and change the world into positive. And, and I tell them, I said, you know, the only way we can stop the way we think or the way people think about this is, is that we have to make a difference. And when I say we, I mean, you guys, I'm a dinosaur. I'm, it's hard for me. I mean, I'm going back to castles. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, you know, made the introduction and she took me to a side and she goes, you know, coach, you know, transgender. And she was explaining all this to me. And I'm like, oh, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I learned more from all this the transgender, the pan, I don't even know all of it. I, from the kids in class, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sympathetic towards it. And I'm like, um, yeah, nobody should be, it's bad enough that, you know, a woman is, is, is um, I don't want to say victimized, is, what's the word? Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank, I'm sorry. When you look at a woman and think, oh, well, you know. Objectified. Yes, thank you, objectified. Oh, that's a good thing you guys are here because I'm awful <laughs> with this. I just don't think it's right. I don't think it's anything wrong in seeing a, a, a woman that's 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 pretty and then like make a note of it. But that doesn't mean anything. Well, that just means yeah, she's a pretty woman. It doesn't mean that you have any right to go up and be a complete idiot. And um, you know, I, I just I just don't I don't get it, and I don't understand why. And 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 I we need to change our views. Mm-hmm. You know, and even for me, it's tough. Like I said, so you know, Iona brought me aside and explained to me, and she also explained to Castles. You know, you know, coaches out there <laughs> and um, 
Kessel's liked you. I, they, I uh, thought they, they were just you, amazing. Yeah. And, they thought and you I, were great. So. I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And when I got invited down to the, she, they invited me, you know, personally. And I said, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> they had put me my name on a, on a plaque with a bunch of other people that helped get them to this point. And they pointed out, Castles pointed it out to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm in a national museum. Yeah. And I'm like... I was like so honored and I didn't think I did anything really outstanding. I, I you know, I helped train and, 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 you know, we, we had a good time. You know, I, I, I was so honored that they came to the barn and worked out and mm-hmm. filmed and, and everything. And, and, you know, it was just an honor for me. And, and um, it really got me thinking, you know, to, with some of the things that happened with, with, you know, the, the gay lesbian community and the trans community. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm not into any of it, but, I'm not going to persecute them because that's how they feel, you know. And I, I, I just have such respect for for you know everyone. I mean, when I was growing up, I was, if you had guests yet, pretty different. Um, had a temper that would, uh, and the military focused it, and um, the boxing focused it, and the martial arts focused it, and um, yeah, there's guys like me out there. Hopefully, most of them are you know okay guys, you know that you know, work for truth and justice. There's some bad people out there. And then, you know, my, my job is to, at least I feel my job is to make them understand that, you know, don't, don't mess with people like that. You know, I don't care. I'll, you can be a badass all you want, but don't, don't, don't take advantage of somebody because you think you can. And in turn, you know, it's, it's I respect to the person for who they are. Um, castles, for one, I, I respect the person. who told me some, some stories that, you know, happened to her or him, them. them. God, yeah. Jesus. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, why? And they, they just said, because people are ignorant. And I'm like, I agree. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that I'm, I'm one of them. But I'm, I'm learning so much. And I respected her, them for, for helping me. And, and, and it was amazing. And, and you know, I, I just love it. I mean, it's the being able to get out there and do this stuff. I mean, because you know, long ago, my job was to. It's a lot different <laughs> from what I was doing now. And um, it's made me the person I am. Well, no. thank you. Yeah, what do I, I would really like to keep doing this just because, you know, I have fun. I mean, yeah, I do. I, I like to do it. Too. I love the stories. I mean, I do. I mean, stories are great. So that wraps up our first episode ever of Philosophy 101 with Syracuse University's facilities, uh, Bill Benedict. Please stay tuned for more episodes soon to come. There's a lot of different topics that Phil likes to talk about, um, including but not limited to uh, what it's like to work in facilities at Syracuse University uh, here on campus and uh, Phil's many adventures in gator hunting. Uh, So keep an eye out for those episodes. And I just want to give a special thank you to Nick Piatto for his sound engineering support and expertise and to our student Caleb Aguirre-Leon, who composed the intro and outro music. Caleb, I think you nailed it. Thank you very much, and until next time.